are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's Monday, and, well, Arizona's not in the tournament, as you know, so I figured that we would do something a little bit different, and we were going to go down our top, our four favorite U of A NCAA tournament memories, and, well, we're going to throw in two defeats in there, and what better guy to have in there than my mentor and a guy who has seen some of these games up close and Mr. Rob Lance. How you doing there, Rob? Oh, Mike, it's always great to join you. And uh, this is, of course, a subject that's near and dear to both of our hearts. And I think any sports fan can always look at whatever team they love. And sometimes it's those ones that hurt more that stand out more than those ones that you really, really enjoyed and the memorable ones. So I'm interested to see what your list is. Uh, I really had to call over my list and, and I had to eliminate some ones that were kind of difficult for me to 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 choose from. There, some of these tournament wins... Not all of these are going to be wins, I should add. <laughs> right. Are almost like trying to pick your favorite child sometimes. It's it's tough. And uh, as two people talking to each other that don't have children, we can still go into this as we're talking about this. Um, hey, we've got pets. That's the next closest thing. We right? do. And, and honestly, man, pets are awesome because they're more low maintenance. They're low maintenance. You don't have to spend as much and they don't talk back. I agree. Well, one of my cats. Does, I was going to we'll say, leave that but alone. you're a cat owner. So that comes with the territory. It, it really does. It really does. <laughs> okay. So, so let's dive into this, Mike. Let's go, man. Let's do it. And uh, I was thinking during this summer, we're going to come up with some cool lists, our top five point guards, shooting guards, just teasing a little bit down the road right here. But all right, Rob, let's go with your, what is your fourth favorite U of A NCAA tournament game slash memory? What do you got? We're going to go actually with one that is a loss. And I know that sounds a little bit strange, but it'll make sense when we get to another one later and I'll kind of preview it here. One of my favorite Arizona NCAA tournament games was the Sweet 16 game in 1996 against Kansas, Mike. Mm -hmm. I loved this team. Miles Simon coming to his own, uh, you know, Dickerson coming into his own here. And, and on the floor that night against Kansas in the Sweet 16, they showed that they belonged. While they lost that game, they showed that they belonged and that that Lute was really building something bigger uh, in the future. You knew that Bibby was coming in the next year, and there was all kinds of excitement for that. You were saying goodbye to guys like Reggie Geary and Corey Williams, who had been just mainstays within the program. But Arizona left everything on the court that night in a three-point loss against the team was probably, over that two- or three-year stretch, the best team in the country, maybe – you know, right up there with Kansas or with Kentucky, obviously, but that loss against Kansas in 1996, as far as like, you know, memorable games and maybe what it led to was always one that kind of stuck in my mind as as just a great Arizona game, even though it came down as a loss. I can piggyback a little bit on that point. And yes, that was a great game. I believe that game was in Denver, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first year. And when I was younger, I used to always, the only thing that mattered to me was rankings, where Arizona was ranked. And I was so dejected before that season because Arizona opened that year unranked. And I believe within like three weeks, they were up to number six. So, you know, that was a little bit better. But you're right, though. That was a fun team because you had Reggie Geary, you had Ben Davis, uh, 
Pac-10 uh, runner-up to Player of the Year to Sharif Abdurrahim, if I'm not mistaken. And that was that was a fun team. And like you said, too, that was really kind of the apex where it showed people that, man, Lute Olsen can take his and beat yours and take yours and beat his if that's really what comes down to. That was a that's a good one right there. I like that one. My number. Yeah, let's. Uh, I, I'm interested to see like where you've got on this list. If you've got any losses in your memorable uh, ones, of course I, we're going to have those in our worst ones. But uh, yeah, there's a reason that you're my mentor because you see things on a, a little bit different of a plateau than I do. I went uh, I went chalk and I went straight wins right here. So my number four, and I know you remember this game, was 2001 Illinois, uh, Arizona Illinois in the Elite Eight. If you remember, Bill Self was the coach of that team. Arizona had gone into the season preseason number one. But remember, Bobby Olson had passed uh, earlier that year. And Arizona got things together at the end of the season. To me, For me, this is still the best team in school history, the 01 team, where you've got Jason Gardner, Gilbert Arenas, Richard Jefferson, Michael Wright, Lauren Woods, Walton coming off the bench. It pretty much checked off every box for me. And But that Illinois game was scary because Illinois was within three points, it seemed, the entire game. And what was frustrating, too, is that Arizona was coming off that, sec that second-round upset loss to Wisconsin earlier in the season, and you knew that that Illinois game was going to be a tough one. And Arizona was able to squeak it out there at the end. The final score was a little bit deceiving. But that Elite Eight win for me with the Illinois game was just, I don't know why it stuck out to me, but it was probably my favorite Elite Eight win outside of, well, we'll probably get to that one a little bit later on. But that was a big one for me right there. I mean, that was a, that was a huge win. And, and Mike, if you recall, actually, Arizona beat Illinois twice that year, mm -hmm. once in the one you're talking about. But they beat them in the Maui Invitational uh, earlier that's, on that year. That's too. right. And I remember, the I remember the talk going into that game. Um, a lot of the national media was talking, you know, Arizona's soft. They can't hang with this tough Illinois team. I think Brian Cook was one of their leaders. Brian Cook, Frank and Williams. The, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, this Bill Self team, they're, they're tough. They're from the Big Ten. Arizona can't hang with these guys at all. And Arizona went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and punched them in the mouth a number of times uh, in that game. And that was, again, just kind of that team was growing into its own like you were talking about. And, and that starting five, I don't know if you could – create a better college starting well, five every single one of those guys knew their role and had it down to perfection at that point in the season what was great about that squad as well is that when you've got all five starters in your preseason top 50 wooden list that's a really good place to start and oh by the way luke walton's coming off the bench for you yeah not a bad squad not a bad squad <laughs> what do you, all right let's continue on with that team though because my next one mm -hmm is actually the very next game in that tournament. Ah, we're going to have a little crossover Michigan here. State. Yeah, do you have this one too? I, I have it. Yes, I have it. But yeah, well, why don't we just why don't we just both go into this because we both have this at number 3. Great minds think alike, Absolutely. boss. So, you know, you look at this this Michigan State team, they were probably one of the top 2 or 3 teams in the country mm -hmm. that whole season. Defending I mean, national Izzo champs. had it rolling by that point. What was that? Defending national champs as well defending national champs. I mean, Jason Richardson was, was an absolute stud uh, on that team. Again, you kind of had some of that same talk about like, oh, this tough Big Ten team, Arizona showed against Illinois, but can they show it again here in the in the final four against Izzo and his boys? And uh, you, Arizona had everything come together in that second half. 
just absolutely blew the doors off of the Spartans in that second half. I, I remember Arizona just getting fast break bucket after fast break bucket. And, you know, the Richard Jefferson block on Jason Richardson mm-hmm. and Gilbert Arenas getting out on the run just on throughout the whole last 20 minutes of that game, just blowing the Spartans off the floor. To me, that was the most dominating perf- and most dominating tournament performance against an elite level team that I've ever seen at the U of A. It was, uh, Rob, I don't think that we will ever see anything quite like that, although you might be able to talk about a game that you were at a little bit later on as well. That's a hint, hint. But that Michigan State... A hint, hint. Yeah, another second half that everything kind of came together. We'll get to that one. <laughs> yeah, that Michigan State game was amazing, though, because you look at that roster up and down. You got Mateen Cleaves at the point. You got Charlie Bell at the two. You've got Morris Peterson. You've got Jason Richardson. You've got Andre Hudson. You just had an absolutely loaded team. And like you said, Rob, the crazy thing about it was in that second half when Arizona blew them out, and I think the final score was 81 to 63, Michigan State didn't know what, like, how many times have you seen a Tom Izzo team, especially at that point, that basically didn't have any clue what hit them? No clue what hit him. Let me add this to Zach Randolph coming off the bench. No team, doubt. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that team pretty, was loaded. That's pretty loaded. Izzo team. had that team loaded. They're probably looking at, you know, they were up there with Maryland, Duke, mm-hmm. and, you know, Arizona. Th- that's when you had a, a true Final Four where you had probably the top four teams in the country there in 01 that all kind of came to a head between Arizona and Michigan State. And then you had the two ACC juggernauts on the other side. Just a great Final Four, of course. It didn't go Arizona's way in the championship game, but man, they hit that high watermark in the final four and just blew out a great team in in Michigan State. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Check out betonline.ag if you want to get the best and the latest betting odds during the NCAA tournament. Come back with us. We're going to now talk about some of our least favorite games, but I got an interesting story and I know Rob's got a bunch of stuff. Come back with us. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke, joined by my mentor, Rob Lance. All right, Rob, we talked about uh, our fourth and third most favorite games of U of A NCAA tournament history. Now it's time before we get to our top two favorites. Got to break it up a little bit. Our least two least favorite games. Why don't you go with number two first? Well, I'm sure that we probably have the same, one of the same ones on this <laughs> oh, list yeah. here, Mike. And this is a... You know, a lot of Arizona fans would have this as number one. I'm going to have this as my second one because of a personal connection I have with my number one. But it's the 05 meltdown against Illinois and Chicago in the Elite Eight. Just, you know, what, 13, 14 point lead at the under four timeout and just Arizona melts down the rest of the way. The officials played a role in that. I know that you'll probably disagree a little bit with me, but I mean, Channing mm-hmm. Fry getting good. slapped in the face on an inbounds pass and they don't call anything. But, you know, Arizona had some chances to put that game away. And guys like, you know, Darren Williams, D. Brown, and Luther Head just took over and were just unconscious under four timeout and into overtime, too. And, and Arizona and, and Lute Olson, typical Lute Olson fashion, for as much as we sing his praises, Mike, end of game situations were not his mm-hmm. strong suit. And you had one of the best shooters in the country, probably the best shooter in the country at the time, and Salim Stoudemire, who didn't even get a look. Uh, at the end of that game for Arizona to try and pull that one out. That one still hurts. I've got some Illinois fans in my life uh, that still bring uh, that one up all these years later. Well, that's why I led with Illinois in the last one is one of my favorites. So, yes, this one's number two for me. 
And number one for me is going to be a little bit different than other people. But uh, number two was actually pretty self-explanatory because I thought Arizona could have won the national championship that year. Now, there were a couple of things, and you and I have joked a lot about the refereeing. But like you said, it was terrible in the last four minutes. You got the Channing Frye. There's multiple times where he gets literally punched in the face and then his entire arm is raked and Illinois uh, comes down and, of course, shoots at three. My biggest problem with uh, Arizona's impact in that lat in that last four minutes was twofold. First of all, one of my biggest concerns and one of my biggest frustrations with Lute, and again, Lute's a top fifteen coach of all time, and I think people that are privileged enough, like you and I, to live through his glory years fully understand that. One thing though that he never did that I never understood why he didn't do more of is he never called timeouts. That lead went from 15 to three before he calls a timeout. I mean, I'm sorry, man. You can't give up 12 points in 48 seconds. The other thing, too, that team had one really big Achilles heel, and that was Mustafa Shakur at the point. Again, really nice kid, but you did not want him on your side in a close game. And Illinois basically just stole the ball from him about it seemed like about 35 different times. The, what really stung about that one, though, Rob, is that you had a game then, I think, where you would have played Louisville, which was an incredibly winnable game in the Final Four. Then you got a game against North Carolina after that, which North Carolina probably a little bit better, but that Arizona team would have absolutely had a puncher's chance in that. So that 15-point loss, I think, was the biggest, I think that's the biggest debacle in Arizona sports history. I mean, you might. I, I agree with that. I, I think that it's you know it's uh, it's up there with some of those football losses that maybe you had where Arizona you know the tie against Cal or whatever that cost them a Rose Bowl, um, things like that. But it's on the short list of of most heartbreaking losses for basketball, uh, for sure. I don't know if you could, maybe the UNLV loss back in the Sweet Sixteen with the the Anderson Hunt push off would be another one that would be be up there too. But Mike, this this whole day, you know how they have the back to back games yeah. in the Elite oh, yeah. to find out who goes to the Final Four. That this, and you know, I've got to get my West Virginia mention in oh, here. It's becoming it. a bit of a, uh, a running joke with some of my buddies too. <laughs> uh, that listen to the show. West Virginia blew a twenty-point lead against Louisville earlier that day. That Mike Gansey, Kevin Pittsnoggle team uh, blew a twenty-point lead against Louisville. Yeah, they blew a twenty-point <laughs> lead against Louisville. So I was already going into the Arizona Illinois game with bad juju, and. I, it was just a it was a rough day for me, man. It was a rough sports day for me. One of the things that I've fallen into the trap of too many times in my life is spiking the football before my team wins. And I'm not going to lie. I was already back in my bedroom tw- uh, switching over to ESPN to see what they were talking about with the Arizona game and, you know, ma- talking about the final four. And I come back and it's down to seven. And I'm like, hmm, interesting here. I went and got Panda Express that night. And my favorite dish of orange chicken basically went down like it was cereal. It was awful. I I still think about that game to this day. All right, Rob, what's your number one? Okay, we're going with a little bit of a different one here yeah. just because of my personal connection mm-hmm. with it. Uh, you had mentioned earlier, I had a chance to cover the Arizona team in 2011 um, while I was still at 1290. I had the opportunity to to travel to Tulsa for the first two rounds against uh, Josh Pastner in Memphis and then against uh, Texas and, and that loaded team with Tristan Thompson and, and Jordan Hamilton. But then I got a chance to go to Anaheim to see Arizona take on Duke. Hint, we might get to that game here <laughs> I was gonna in say, a little bit. Right? But, but the UConn game in the Elite Eight against Kimball Walker. So, 
of course there's going to be more heartbreaking losses for Arizona fans out there. I think the Illinois one is probably one that obviously Arizona fans would point to. But Mike, one of the the things that you get when when you're covering a team at the NCAA tournament is you get all the media access that you want. It's not just the post-game press conference. You get to go into the actual locker room. Going into a losing locker room yeah. under the, the just normal circumstances is 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 heartbreaking. It is debilitating. You see these kids, and I'm going to emphasize this, kids, they're kids, they're 18, 19, 20-year-old kids bawling their eyes out. It's even worse when it's at a, you know, as, as the last loss of, of a season. And you know it's a team that's probably, it is going to break up. You have Jamel Horn, who's a senior, who's leaving. Derek Williams at that time, everybody pretty much knew he was going to go to the NBA draft. There were already rumblings that Momo Jones might be heading back to the East Coast. This was a team that had grown over those first couple Miller years together, had achieved something before anybody thought they were really going to and lost in heartbreaking fashion against the UConn team. I, I sat right behind where Jamel Horn took his three-point shot. It was perfect. It, per, I was perfectly in line with him and the hoop. I swear, Mike, when the ball left his hand, I thought, <laughs> I'm booking travel to Houston. Here we go. I'm going to a Final Four. This ball looks good. And, you know, Horn is a guy that is much maligned in, in Arizona basketball history, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that would have been such a great redemption for him. But it was just so heartbreaking again to see these kids just I saw Kevin Parham just kind of like just passed out on the floor, almost inconsolable. And that's something that I'm going to carry with me all the time. And it's something that I carried with me the rest of my media time. And, and even now as a fan, I am not overly critical of college players on any stage on in basketball, football, whatever, because they're kids. You have to keep that in mind and seeing that up close and, and in person is something that has stuck with me to this day. Yes. Um, Jamel Horn, you talk about a guy with a flair for the dramatic. I've never seen a guy foul twice on purpose when you, uh, well, when you were tied or when you were up one, that was Jamel hey, Horn. Interesting thing about that, Mike, Russ mm-hmm. Pennell was wearing the same exact suit both of those times, and he burned it afterwards. Oh, gosh. Well, I would burn that. I would burn that one, too. But, yeah, that was a – I can't even imagine being at that one. Talk about being – talk about a great game to be at. My uh, my number one is uh, – it's kind of like yours because it's a little personal, but was Arizona's uh, loss as a, or as a two seed to Santa Clara as uh, 15 and 93. The reason this was so big for me is this was the first year that I started watching Arizona basketball and watching every game. And (laughs) it's kind of funny to say, but I choked on a chicken bone when uh, uh, Arizona was down four with about 42 seconds left. And my dad had to perform the Heimlich maneuver on me. And um, that's really the first and only time I've ever seen my life flash before my eyes. But <laughs> and Steve Nash was involved. And that's Steve Nash was involved as well. Yes. So I uh, that was that was a tough one because Arizona had won 17 of 18 going into that uh, into that game. You're a two seed. A lot of people are picking you to the Final Four. And this is a loaded team. It's got Damon Stoudemire, Khalid Reeves, uh, Chris Mills. I mean, that's as good a perimeter as you'll ever see at the U of A. And that's saying something with some of the teams that we're going to talk about coming up here. But just something that it, just something that I will never forget because of what happened, how upset I was. And that was also the first time that I realized that rooting for a good team isn't always easy. And that certainly is something that, <laughs> that sticks with me. Right. And, to and this Mike, day. also in the big, in the grand scheme of things, this was after the East Tennessee State game, too, the year afterwards. Mm hmm. 
right? Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, you started to have this, like, th- this is when loot started to maybe go with a bit of a shift, but there was also that narrative of, like, mm, you just can't win these first round four. games. Right. He can't get through these first round games. And, and that was, that was something that, you know, you started to see maybe a shift towards more of the guard oriented thing, but those two consecutive years with those first round flameouts against, I mean, let's be honest, they're not even mid-major teams no. at that point. That th- Those were some hard, hard losses that I think a lot of people around Arizona basketball did some soul-searching after that. Uh, you, could, you could certainly say that. And you know what? If you're ever feeling down and you don't feel like you have the strength to keep going, that's when it's time to get a Built Bar. The great thing about Built Bar is that Built Bar doesn't just taste like your average protein bar. Built Bar tastes like candy. And let's be honest here. Rob likes candy. I like candy. You like candy. But you know what we like even more than candy? Candy that tastes good. And that's what Built Bar brings to you. It helps you get through the workout knowing that it's going to be there for you when you come back. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. We went over our... Fourth and third most favorite U of A NCAA tournament game. And then our second and least favorite NCAA tournament game. Now it's time to talk about our top two favorite games. And Rob Lance, why don't you go with your second one? Because you got some unique insight right there. I do. And we talked about the UConn game earlier in my experience getting to go to that. But, you know, of course, the Duke game and the 2011 Sweet 16 in Anaheim. I got to have an amazing vantage point for that one. I sat courtside, Mike, center, you know, center court stripe, pretty much running right through the middle of, of my seat. I'm sitting in the first row of actual stands. I didn't have a seat on the media table, but, you know, up a little bit higher, you can see a little bit better there. And two things in the pregame, even before the game starts, stand out to me and knowing that this is big time. Of course, you know it is with two big programs of Duke and Arizona going at it. But, the, you know, one of the cool things about NCAA tournament games in person is you get some other games that you get to watch, too. I got to see Kemba Walker against Kawhi Leonard, and Steve Kerr was calling the games for TBS TNT at the time. He's right in front of me. He's talking to scouts about Kawhi Leonard uh, in the pregame. I kind of get to overhear a little bit of that conversation, and I get to talk with with Steve, you know, one of my favorite all-time Wildcats, and I make him feel old because I tell him, you know, he was in my first grade classroom uh, back in 1998 when I got to, you know, meet him for the first time. And, and I, every time I meet him, I remind him of this. And, you know, I just, he always says, you know, you make me feel old whenever I tell him this. Uh, <laughs> not that I know him personally, but I do remind him every time that I do see him that he came to my first grade classroom. It's just kind of fun for me. But anyway, one of the other things that stood out was Coach K. As soon as he walks on the court, Mike, this guy has a presence. Now, he's not the most, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he carries an aura about him. And he is working officials before the tip-off even starts. He's in their ear and chatting with them. And you can just feel that it's palpable across the court. Game tips off. What happens? Duke is just an amazing machine. And if it's not for Derek Williams out there on the court for Arizona, Arizona is blown out of this game completely. Williams has an amazing first half culminated with a huge three pointer right before the half to keep Arizona in it. And then second half, Arizona goes on a run outscores Duke by 22 points, 55 to 33. And they get it in every shape, form and fashion, three pointers, lobs, dunks, getting big blocks, you know, Jamel Horn, who we talked about a little bit earlier is dunking on, you know, guys faces. And it is just an absolute bloodbath out there in Anaheim as Arizona runs Duke 
off the floor in the Sweet 16. That one will always be memorable for me. I talked about the post game in the Yukon game. This is an, a complete 180. It is it is New Year's in Vegas levels of excitement for these kids to celebrate something that was probably a lifelong dream for them to upset a number one seed in an NCAA tournament. Yeah, my favorite memory from that was, and I love Charles Barkley, is when Charles Barkley before the game, and he always picks Arizona to win the NCAA tournament. So I think he picked him this year as well. But um he uh, he said before the game that he liked Arizona to blow out Duke. He said he didn't think that Duke had the players to hang with Arizona. And everyone in the studio is kind of like, eh, okay. And so Arizona goes into the uh, half down eight, and Kenny Smith looks at him and says, so you still like Arizona to win in a blowout? And Chuck resolutely says, oh, of course. He says, I don't think the Duke can hang with them in the second half. And lo and behold, uh, Duke goes and just uh, gets annihilated by Arizona in one of the more impressive performances that you will ever see. That was a remarkable performance. And again, I got to tip my cap to Chuck on that one. My number two is, I think, the biggest upset in school history, and that was Arizona beating Kansas in the Sweet 16 in 1997. Now, people need to remember, to this day, a lot of people think this is Roy Williams' best team. Kansas was 32-1, and blowing the doors off of everybody, hands down the best team in the country. And Arizona, who was playing every single game close and played every single close game close that year, going on to win the NCAA tournament seemed was basically up about three to five ever all the way on this Kansas team led by Rafe LaFrance and Jacques Vaughn and Paul Pierce. And, you know, you got to see the clutch factor with a Mike Bibby with a Miles Simon in that game. And you could also tell at that point that, man, there's a little bit more talent here than maybe we had thought. And Arizona goes on. I thought that was their springboard to winning the national championship and still probably, in my opinion, the most unexpected win in school history. What do you have for number one there, Rob? Well, Mike, that is actually my number one Mm -hmm. game is the Sweet 16 win in 1997 against Kansas. And we hit on it a little bit earlier with, you know, that Kansas game from the year before uh, that Arizona was playing in. And I didn't recall this until I started looking this up. I thought maybe Kansas had like four of the same five starters or three of the five same starters. No, they had the same starting five, the exact same starting five for Roy Williams and his boys out of Lawrence from the the very mm-hmm. next year. And of course that, I think I, th- I still look at that 96 game and that gave Arizona some of those guys, the confidence that they could play with, uh, with Kansas in that game. And I've got a really kind of cool personal story about this one. I didn't actually get to see this whole game really at all because yes, I was in high school at the time and I'm a choir nerd. I'm a musical nerd. Yes. I, I know nothing I'm wrong really with that. Talking sports, all that sort of stuff. Hey, for all you guys listening out there, the guy to girl ratio in those settings, let me just say it worked <laughs> out really well. I married a girl. <laughs> there you go. Shows. So, <laughs> so we're sweet 16, you know, we're, we have a performance of guys and dolls that night. And so I'm on and off the stage, you know, constantly. And so is the rest of the cast. And we're making sure that we're not missing a lot that's going on with the Arizona game. We've got it set up in the choir room. We've got a monitor so you can hear what's going on on the stage. So nobody's missing a cue. So every time that you're off stage and, you know, you know, coming off of a scene, you're like sprinting back to the choir room to see what's going on. And you're waiting to the very last second to hear like your cue to come on to the stage again. So you're running back to the stage so that you can catch every single moment 
of that Arizona Kansas game because you just felt that Arizona was in it from the opening tip and, and it was just so fun and it's such a, a great memory and culminating of two of my favorite things of, of performing uh, a musical in high school but also Arizona basketball being kind of intertwined in this this cool sort of uh, story together for me yeah that was that that to me was almost it's weird I think my first game at least for me is the apex and that's where Arizona beat Kentucky to win the national championship Simon says championship just a magical run but man it's weird Rob when I think of this season and again I realize I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth I still think of that Kansas or that Kansas Arizona game first even more so than the national championship game where I'm going with right now is my first pick but that was just a the Kentucky game though was just one where you almost felt that was the only game I felt all tournament that Arizona was going to win because it felt like, all right, we're this far and is Arizona really going to lose this? And they didn't. And you know what it is too, Rob, it showed the amount of talent that that team had that you could have your leading scorer and Michael Dickerson basically be MIA on the offensive side of the court. And you still beat a Kentucky team, obviously by employing miles Simon and Mike Bibby and whatnot, but man, when that clock hit zero in overtime and they said Simon wins or Simon says championship, I still get goosebumps thinking about that, buddy. <laughs> 